Hello and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 12. I'm your host, Hector Moreira. And I'm one of your other hosts, Kip Clark. Today our topic, Halloween. Kip? So, yeah, so with Halloween coming up, I wanted to provide you all with some history of the holiday and then some of our thoughts on modern Halloween culture. So to begin with some of the history, some of the research I did, it is short for All Hallows Evening. Uh, it has its origins in the ancient Celtic festival known as Samhain. The festival of Samhain is a celebration of the end of the harvest season in Gaelic culture. It is a time used by the ancient pagans to take stock of supplies and prepare for winter. The ancient Gaels also believed that on October 31st, the boundaries between the worlds of the living and dead overlapped, and the deceased would come back to life and cause havoc such as sickness or damaging crops. The festival frequently involved bonfires, and it is believed that the fires attracted insects to the area, which in turn attracted bats. Masks and costumes were worn in an attempt to mimic the evil spirits or to appease them. In many parts of the world, the Christian religious observances of All Hallows' Eve, including attending church services and lighting candles on the graves of the dead, remain popular, although in other locations, these solemn customs are less pronounced in favor of a more commercialized and secularized celebration. Because many Western Christian denominations encourage, although no longer require, abstinence from meat on All Hallows' Eve, the tradition of eating certain vegetarian foods for this vigil day developed, including the consumption of apples, colcunnan, which is an Irish, uh, I believe it's a beverage, but it might be a porridge, and I should look that up, cider, and potato pancakes. Part of the history of Halloween is Halloween costumes. The practice of dressing up in costumes and begging door-to-door for treats on holidays goes back to the Middle Ages. Trick-or-treating resembles the late medieval practice of souling when poor folk would go door-to-door on Hallamass, November 1st, receiving food in return for prayers for the dead on All Souls Day, which is November 2nd. It originated in Ireland and Britain, although similar practices for souls of the dead were found as far south as Italy. Shakespeare also mentions the practice in his comedy, The Two Gentlemen of Verona, when Speed accuses his master of puling, whimpering, or whining, like a beggar at Hallamass. Yet there is no evidence that souling was ever practiced in America, and trick-or-treating may have developed in America independent of any Irish or British antecedent. There is little primary Halloween history documentation of masking or costuming on Halloween in Ireland, the UK, or America before 1900. The earliest known reference to ritual begging on Halloween in English-speaking North America occurs in 1911, when a newspaper in Kingston, Ontario, near the border of upstate New York, reported that it was normal for the smaller children to go street guising on Halloween between 6 and 7 p.m., visiting shops and neighbors to be rewarded with nuts and candies for their rhymes and songs. Another isolated reference appears, place unknown, in 1915, with a third reference in Chicago in 1920. The thousands of Halloween postcards produced between the turn of the 20th century and the 1920s commonly show children, but do not depict trick-or-treating. Ruth Edna Kelly, in her 1919 History of the Holiday, The Book of Halloween, makes no mention of such a custom in the chapter, Halloween in America. It does not seem to have become a widespread practice until the 1930s, with the earliest known uses in print of the term trick-or-treat appearing in 1934, and the first use in a national publication in 1939. Thank you, Kip. (laughs) You're very welcome. So clearly, with Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, there is an association with the dead and graves and respect for the dead and obviously the souls of those past. And it is important to note that Samhain, that Celtic traditional holiday, was placed specifically 
between the autumnal equinox, if I'm using the correct term, and the winter solstice in December, which is a very important date because they believe that's when the spirit world and our world were closest and overlapped. So it's a very important holiday in that aspect. But Do you know why, why it was that they thought that, or how was it that they located that point in between the autumnal equinox and the uh, winter solstice? I'm not actually sure. In fact, mm. I have always been interested in the way calendars were determined by ancient cultures. Me too. They didn't have the same technology, so I'm not actually Future sure. topic? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure people get sick of hearing that, but it is definitely interesting. I mean, the Stonehenge is known for being lit up on certain celestial dates of importance when yeah. the sun was at its lowest or highest angle. But I digress. Halloween clearly has a lot of traditional importance, and I think it's changed in a lot of ways. So I guess my first question to you, as I've now done a lot of the talking, is regarding your associations with Halloween. When I say Halloween, what are some of the first images that come into your mind, some of the first memories even, but we'll get to that. Yeah, some of my first memories. Well, I never really celebrated Halloween. I told you that before we recorded this podcast, I really never celebrated. I celebrated it, or quote-unquote celebrated it, by walking around my neighborhood only once ever in my entire life. And that was wearing a Darth Vader costume that I had bought for a Halloween party a few days before in my middle school. One of my biggest associations with Halloween is cheap plastic toys that look like uh, hands, uh, masks. I remember going to Party City and getting... Getting, I, I remember this this feeling, this like shuddering fear that would strike me every time I would go into Party City because the back wall was lined up with all these bloody and disgusting masks, you know, faces turned inwards and, you know, I don't know, scary faces. It used to freak the heck out of me. I used to have to cover my eyes as we walked through these aisles. But yeah, cheap plastic. Uh, <laughs> another, I, you know, I have a lot of bad memories associated with Halloween, actually. One of the things that I remember was every Halloween, I hated going to lunch in my middle school. They had uh, inflated gloves. So like, you know, the the rubber gloves, they would inflate them and tie them up and put little faces on them. And sometimes they'd put, you know, they'd say, oh, the food for today is like blood on, you know, maggots or something like that. It used to gross the heck out of me, even though I knew it was ketchup and rice and all these other things. It just grossed me out. So I wouldn't be able to eat on Halloween because I was just grossed out by everything. And it was like, you know, this plasticky, rubbery smell associated with it. It's just awful. <laughs> yeah, I've had a similar response to school food that's produced like that. Like, yeah, it's goblin brains or whatever. And I just don't I guess you're being somewhat creative, but I've never found it appealing, especially because I'm eating and yeah. it's, it's not an association I want to have. So I totally see where you're coming from. Yeah, I could never jive with that. <laughs> do you remember vividly that first time or that one time that you walked around your neighborhood? I really want to know what that was like. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't even walking around the neighborhood so much as walking to like through my backyard to where my aunt lived, going to my aunt's house and going to all the neighbors that I knew. It was basically only my block. I didn't even go beyond my block trick-or-treating it was just my block which is kind of it was kind of strange I don't know uh, Halloween really wasn't too big or too widely celebrated in, in my family nor in my neighborhood we rarely saw kids come over I remember there was another Halloween I think I only did this once as well where I was actually giving out candy and really just watching TV and giving out candy when people would come but there is maybe four or five families in the entire night that was it Another thing I associate with Halloween personally is all the decorations you see in Rite Aid and CVS and then in some people's backyards. People put 
fake cobwebs on their bushes and inflatable jack-o'-lanterns in their yards. I don't know. For me, honestly, Halloween has always been been associated with like kind of being grossed out by things like gross like used candy wrappers like that rubber latex smell I mentioned earlier and also like all this junk that you buy from Rite Aid that you end up littering your house with and then taking out like after a month and replacing with Thanksgiving decorations. It's a holiday trifecta in New York. You have Halloween decorations for a month, then those are immediately replaced by Thanksgiving decorations, and then those are immediately replaced by Christmas decorations. And Halloween was always the worst, I thought, because it was just a bunch of gross stuff. One cool thing, though, I remember my friend was born, I think he was born on October 28th. So his birthday was always Halloween themed. But I enjoyed that because I knew that everything was, I mean, he would have like a a fog machine in his house and a little singing skeleton head. And he had a lot of fun things to do in his house. So that that was always a, a joy. So that was the nicest memory of Halloween, really. It's that house on Halloween and the fog machine. I like the fog machine. What about you? What? Uh, tell me about your trick-or-treating experiences. Yeah, I've got some good ones. So I believe I heard you correctly. You dressed up as Darth Vader that one time you went trick-or-treating. I was Darth Vader and my brother was Jar Jar Binks. It's okay. pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, interestingly enough, I was really into pigs when I was younger. Like, wow. really, really into pigs. I can't explain it. I guess I found them cute or whatever. I believe it stemmed from watching the movie Babe. But one <laughs> Halloween being as creative as a five or six year old could be, I had this full bodied pig costume, but I put a Darth Vader helmet over it. Really? I have no idea (laughs) what I was thinking or why I did it. That's amazing. But yeah, I went through with it and I, I don't know if I even wore the full helmet on my way out because it was so hot inside the pig costume as well, but that's what I did. And I remember really enjoying it. I believe my mom has a picture for that. If listeners would like to see it just let us know and I I might be able to post this along with this episode because it was a weird one but yeah that costume so traditionally or at least typically in my household I would go trick-or-treating with my dad and it's a really fond memory I have my mom would usually wait at home and, and give out treats to anyone who came by and we used to live in Mercer Island Washington which is a suburb of Seattle for those who don't know and the neighborhoods were pretty tightly packed. I don't want to say that anything was cramped. We all had backyards and whatnot, but it wasn't rural or otherwise distanced housing. People live pretty close together, and so a lot of the kids in the neighborhood would go around, and it was pretty safe. I feel like nowadays there's a much bigger concern about children. I'm sure most kids nowadays that do trick-or-treat are not allowed to do it alone, but back in the day, there were plenty of groups of kids I remember that went trick-or-treating. My dad would always go with me. He was always so patient because I don't think I let, you know, let it go until like three hours into the journey. And we'd, we'd just walk for miles, or I imagine miles, but as a child, everything's, you know, bigger than life. So for like three hours, we would walk around and I would get the candy and stuff and I'd come back. Usually I used a pillowcase. I remember in school, kids were allowed to wear costumes or encouraged to wear costumes and maybe parade around if Halloween fell on a school day. I remember a lot of teachers, at least in grade school, and up through middle school, it ended in high school, but up through middle school, teachers would bring in candy or treats or whatever for Halloween. And it was interesting, but I do think it's very, very fascinating that the nature of the holiday and sort of either respecting the dead or respecting the connection with, you know, passing souls is almost completely detached. It's absolutely, it's completely detached. From how we celebrate now, and I'm sure there are people who respect the holiday in either a traditional or a religious sense that are very close to that heritage, that culture, but 
for most of us, I think it's not at all the case. And I think it's very interesting to see how it's become commercialized, which I'll also get to. But I remember at least in younger years, a lot of kids, and I think myself included, had parents who were incredibly creative and loved the opportunity to show that off and got you know really cool fabrics or whatever to make these costumes. And it was always really interesting to see what people were. And I think they had some amazingly creative parents and even the kids themselves often participated. But as time has gone on, I think it's become a much more financially oriented holiday. I feel like if you can go out to a store and pay however much money for a good costume, you've got your good costume right there. And there are probably so many kids dressed in the same Spider-Man costume or Iron Man costume or, you know, princess or whatever costume because you can buy it. And it's different. I don't think it's really representative of individuality or creativity. I think that's kind of a bummer. I'm sure there's still people out there who are creative and unique with their costumes. And if Halloween is still celebrated in the same way, decades from now when I have my own kids, I hope that I remember having this conversation with you and take some initiative to you know see what they want to dress up as and see if we can make something homemade. Because I think it's really cool to see what you can do with the materials you have available to you. Because anyone who has money can spend money, and I don't think it differentiates people. So I think creativity and Halloween, at least in a modern sense, are inextricably linked. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing we just mentioned, you know, how it is becoming monetized, corporatized, commercialized, you know, commercialized that's the word, you know, M&M's bags will change and it'll be, you know, Halloween style. Actually, you know, one good thing that comes out of Halloween, in my opinion, is Count Chocula. I love Count Chocula. And they used to sell it all year long or all year round rather. But now Count Chocula and its two brother cereals only come out during the Halloween season. So the other day I actually went to CVS and bought three boxes of Count Chocula, which went by pretty quickly. They're very, very tasty. You know, they're not that much better than any other cereal, but they're pretty good. And I think the memory and nostalgia of eating the cereal was pretty good. But Well, one thing I actually wanted to say is that I'm now reminded, I brought up creativity earlier, jack-o'-lanterns and people carving pumpkins. I have really fond memories of doing that. It was something the whole family did. We had a set of very precise utensils with which to cut the pumpkins. And Such as like sharp or small knives? Yeah, like or smaller knives and then some larger ones for more broad cuts. Mm-hmm. And it was just really interesting. My brother and I usually had our own pumpkins that we would decorate, but my father has a specific knack for, for cutting pumpkins and was always very helpful. And then I believe there were a few times when taking out the insides of the pumpkins, we would save the seeds and roast those or whatever for eating. And I think it's really cool when you see the creativity of, again, I talked about this before, but the creativity of people when it comes to jack-o'-lanterns, because that's really cool. And because people don't have to come up to your house and bother you by ringing your doorbell or whatever, they can just see that orange glow from across the street. And I think that's a really cool aesthetic thing. Depending on what neighborhood you live in, you can see different pumpkin arrangements and I think that's a really really cool thing mm-hmm. yeah I talking about yeah I've only uh, ever carved a pumpkin once but I remember it being very enjoyable but I'd love to do that again I, I remember the specifically scooping out the innards of a pumpkin felt very satisfying <laughs> yeah no it's a very interesting texture that I <laughs> won't describe for lack of words with which to do so but it's a very interesting experience and it's something I think that's great about Halloween um, it's a really really cool tradition I think so one thing I wanted to talk about is yeah. how Halloween has evolved or where it currently is in our culture. Obviously, everything changes, everything grows over time. But I guess let's talk about college specifically. How do you think Halloween 
impacts a college setting? What do you think that looks like? Well, I think in high school and college, I think Halloween is one of those, it's one of those mega holidays where it's just socially accepted to change your behavior in a certain way. And, you know, for most people, it's, you know, wearing a costume, which is kind of crazy to think about. Are there any other holidays where people dress up? It's the one day in the year where people go and uh, dress up as all these strange things. So I remember in high school, well, I I used to take a bus to go to school. And so I was going to school with the knowledge that I was going to be dressed up in this costume as I went to school. And I wore a Mad Hatter hat my freshman year that my friend had loaned me. I wore this massive jacket that my dad never used anymore. It was like a tweed jacket. I rolled up the sleeves. I was basically this weird Mad Hatter. I was not really anything. I was just wearing a lot of weird clothing. (laughs) Um, And I think a lot of people do that. They just wear strange clothing you know if they're not spider-man or superman or indiana jones or whatever they're usually you know guys will just ragtag whatever pieces of clothing and for you know i i see a lot of costumes too are you know these generic nurses and doctors and devil and angel and all these other uh strange things yeah i, I guess there there is something i remember or one thing I realize is that there really isn't that much creativity when it comes to Halloween costumes. I don't know if people just don't put time or they just rather throw down the money and say, like, I want to be this thing. Nowadays, you see a lot of people will dress up in uh, those purple or blue or yellow, like, full body suits and just run around everywhere. Do you know what I'm talking about? You yeah, know, I yeah, do, yeah, I do. Yeah, just full body costumes. And yeah, it's strange. I, I know, I'm kind of like losing myself here. You go. No, so don't worry about yeah. it. But one thing that in recent years has bothered me is seeing how insensitive some people can be in what they choose to dress up as. There have been some really horrific depictions of famous crimes or recent tragedies that have happened in the country or globally. And I just can't believe that people think it's okay to dress up as something like that. Then you get down to other serious things where people dress up as other cultures and treat it like a costume and treat it like it's a character and sort of appropriate that look. And I think that can also be very offensive and problematic. But one thing that to me is more intriguing, less horrifying, but is definitely interesting to me, is how certain Halloween costumes, especially as we've gotten older, have become sexualized. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very interesting that people dress up in certain sexualized costumes because I think then it becomes less about the costume and more about the body on which the costume is being displayed. And I think it's just interesting, but I want to hear your thoughts on it first. Are you critical of that? Do you have any opinion on, you know, let's say someone who's like the really promiscuous nurse as opposed to just dressing up as a nurse? What do you think about costumes like that? There are two big categories. You know, there are not only two categories, but there are two big categories in Halloween costumes, gory and sexy. Yeah, both of them are pretty, you know, it's hard to be excited by a Halloween costume. The most exciting thing recently, I think, with, you know, these gory costumes is nowadays uh, I've seen people wear these kits or they they do really interesting makeup where it makes it look like they have no mouth. And it's just like a zipper going through their face. You ever seen those before? I haven't, but I believe you. Yeah, I mean, people do some crazy stuff. It makes it look, you know, like all of a sudden part of their face is missing or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I've never really cared for Halloween costumes. Sure, I see them. Sure, some of them are sexy. Some of them are gory. But overall, I really, I never really pay attention. I don't really care, honestly. I I think it's kind of a strange holiday. I've never really dressed up, you know, maybe because I never really celebrated it as a kid. I never really celebrate it now. So I really don't ever dress up nowadays. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, go for it. 
one of the issues I feel like I have with the sexualization of costumes, and I know that it's not rampant, and I know that's not everywhere, but I guess when I see it, isn't even that I think I'm a sex-negative person. I think if you understand your sexuality, great, awesome. And I'm not asking that you hide that or that other people, you know, not be exposed to it. But I just think that Halloween specifically isn't about sexuality. It's about creativity. And I feel like the two, I guess anything can intermingle and, you know, sort of fuse. But I feel like it's a strange juxtaposition. I guess the real thing is that in my mind, I remember celebrating Halloween as a child. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those things should never mix because children should not be exposed to sexuality at too young an age because it's, it's not the right time. And so I feel like that for me is the issue that it's it's just mentally I can't fit the two things in the same space in my mind and I guess I also feel like it becomes then a body issue which then leads to all kinds of complex issues on people who feel too self-conscious to wear certain outfits and I'm sure certain people be criticized for wearing certain outfits because quote-unquote like it's not your body type or whatever And I just think it's it gets problematic because obviously a costume is put on a person but at the same time I also have not dressed up for Halloween in a long time, mm-hmm. so maybe I shouldn't even be talking about what it means to wear a Halloween costume or what kind of costume one should wear, but yeah. it is interesting. I will say I've been really enthused and inspired by some really creative Halloween costumes, people dressing up as concepts and wearing certain imagery or certain uh, you know, paraphernalia or attire to demonstrate that concept. I think that's really cool and very creative, and I'm a huge fan of that. So just some brief thoughts on Halloween. And I wonder, I mean, this is really just out of curiosity, and I don't know if you'll be able to answer this for me, but nowadays there are a lot of big conventions, specifically Comic-Con or anime conventions or video game conventions. And in these conventions, it's usually, again, it's socially acceptable to dress up in this warehouse full of people all here for the same thing. And a lot of people dress up. They'll dress up as their favorite characters. They'll dress up as very, you know, well, I mean forget about like what they're dressed up as I think what's most impressive is that a lot of these people will actually go forth and create these costumes I think the most impressive thing I remember going on this guy's blog once and he was this engineer of some sort he was a fabricator I guess is what his job title would be and he was creating for somebody uh, daft punk helmets just by looking at photographs he was able to you know measure them out and if you ever if you've never seen a daft punk helmet like just google daft punk and they're entire personas are based off of these costumes but both of their helmets are these really beautiful metal and glass enclosures with LED lights going in them and usually one of them has uh, little rainbows going on the side and in the front it'll have like a little smiley face or just words coming through but I mean it's a very advanced piece of headgear and I think that was the coolest Halloween costume or you know little costume that was ever made but anyway I'm going on a tangent here what I was thinking was I was wondering if there is a connection between Halloween and these conventions or whether these conventions have a whole history of their own but yeah I I always see them as somewhat connected because of the you know the aspect of costumes definitely I'm not entirely sure and I think a big part of costumes I know in some of the research I did that people would often dress up either honoring the dead or trying to scare away bad spirits trying to dress up as something truly frightening in order to ward off evil much Mm -hmm. like jack-o'-lanterns would be lit so I don't know if there's a distinct connection because I think then you get into costuming and that has its application in a variety of places, people trying to represent brands or characters or whatever. Sure. But I agree with you. I'm really impressed by certain creativity like that, and I think people putting their careers like engineering into uses like that is incredible and very impressive. So... I I guess just to 
finalize my thoughts from before. You mentioned all these costumes that you could just buy online. I stopped paying attention. I don't care. But when I see somebody who wears a costume that looks unique or you can tell that it has some, you know, creativity to it or you've never seen a look like that before. For example, somebody dressed up entirely in like glass shards, which is something I've also seen on the internet. All these costumes I've seen on the internet. That's impressive and that's something I'd like to see. It's not often that you find a costume that it's really awe-inspiring and you know but I think I think that is a cool thing and yeah I I hope that when I have kids I also am creative enough to give them little costumes of things that they want to be and not you know generic Superman or whatever yeah so it's something we can look forward to these were just some brief thoughts on the holiday if you are listening to this on Halloween we both hope you have a wonderful Halloween and a safe Halloween absolutely be safe if any other day of the year that you're listening we Thank you for listening. And Hector, where can they reach us? So you can reach us on Facebook. Stride and Saunter is the name of our page. You can reach us on Twitter at Stride and Saunter. That's N and not and. You can reach us by email, strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And finally, visit us on our website, strideandsaunter.com. And we would also appreciate reviews on sites like iTunes or even anonymous comments on our website per episode. We really want to know what you're thinking. If you like the episodes, let us know. If not, please tell us why. We respect your honest opinions, and we want to know what we can do to make the show better. So as always, in closing, from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off. My name is Hector Marrero. Don't wear sunglasses at night if you're driving.